1: Hey y'all, I'm Whitney Miller and I'm on the Hollywood Raw podcast And we talk about everything from music to relationships To crazy ayahuasca ceremonies, so make sure to check it out
0: Hey everybody, it's Tony Robbins
1: Hey guys, I'm Audrina Patrick Hey,
0: this is Adam Carolla You're on the Hollywood Raw podcast You're
1: watching Hollywood Raw You're
0: listening to and watching
2: Welcome to the Hollywood Raw Podcast. My name is Adam Glynn. Uh, I am a uh, celebrity entertainment journalist based on the East Coast. On the West Coast is my friend Dax Holt, who's been doing this even longer than I have. How, Dax? How have you been doing this
0: longer than I have and still haven't aged? Dude, I'm barely alive anymore, but I'm here, and I'm trying to still do it. Now I've, it's You and I are cut from the same fabric here. We both have... The love for entertainment in our blood. It's just in our genetics. And I don't know why we still love it, but we do. It it's, never gets old for me.
2: It's a fun industry. It's like in some people are like obsessed with politics. This is my politics where it's like the power, the all that stuff. It's just it's such a business. It's show business. I actually had a one time at a meeting with a very big person in the in the industry. And they said to me, listen, just remember, this is show business. Everyone thinks about the show, but there's a business behind it all. And then they were trying to make money. So I always love hearing like the stories of the, business, of the business of it. But I don't know. It's just one of those things for me, it always, like, stuck with me. Like, I always remembered that useless information, like, about movies yeah. and TV shows and celebrities. I just, like, a lot of you guys, I probably grew up, like, I grew up with, like, Star Magazine next to the toilet. So every time I was... Uh, you know, in the bathroom I was reading a magazine and I just all that useless information, I just kinda re it just stuck with me. I don't know. I just I don't know why. It's like high school in a
0: way. Does that make yeah. sense? No, it's like yeah, no, it's like the popular kids you talk about. And yeah. our celebrities are the, the popular kids of the the high school of the world. And you know, I think today might be the first time we are having a country singer on. We haven't had any country singers on, right?
2: We have not. Ah! Brooke Hogan, but not really. Uh, I mean, yes, she's Brooke Hogan's a country. Does she do? Country? I guess Brooke Hogan's she does country. She does pop. She does country. But Whitney Miller's on the podcast today. Whitney is a uh, a country music artist who's like really starting to like blow up and do some things, and it's kind of exciting to see her. She's like a friend that we've hung out before, and um, but
0: not only that, she she's got a really interesting life. Like she oh, has yeah. gone from being Miss United States to then getting into like the kickboxing world and then transitioning into music it's like she's not just like a pretty singer she's got like some fascinating stuff in her background that I am like very interested to dive into
2: she's very cool she's very fun Uh, before we get into her let's read some reviews Dax what do you got
0: All right, I got this one from LP26. Love, love, love. I recently had a baby, and this podcast gets me through the night. I came across you guys through Juicy Scoop, but I've gone back and listened to all your episodes. Also, love the private Facebook group. Yes! Congrats on having a baby. Uh, Congrats on being up all night, because that totally sucks. But... It'll be worth it one day. Uh, No, and thank you for joining our private Facebook group. Um, So maybe now you're one of my best friends, too. (laughs) Yeah,
2: LAP26. Thank you so much, Dax. Let's do one more.
0: All right, let me delete that one out so I don't reread it in two weeks. All right, and then this one comes from ME2179. It says, Hollywood 101, first heard of you guys on Dumois and uh, knew I had to listen for more. Listeners get all the Hollywood gossip told by Dax and Adam who have great banter, they make listening easy and entertaining. Keep it up, NY.
2: Emmy 2179. Emmy 2179, thank you so much. Again, guys, Leaving a review is the best thing to do to support us. Now on to today's podcast. Our guest today is a country music artist who is on the rise. She's fun, she's cool, she's awesome. And you're going to see why after this interview. Please welcome Whitney Miller. Whitney, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's, uh, it's good to have you. Where are you right now? Are you in, where are you?
1: I am in Nashville, Tennessee.
2: So how do you like Nashville? Are you sick of all the bachelorette parties every weekend? Or what's the vibe like in Nashville?
1: (laughs) Man, it is wild. It's the bachelorette capital of the U.S. or something insane. And they're everywhere. Like, they're like mosquitoes. But I honestly, I don't mind them. They're out having a good time. I would probably be doing the same things I cannot hate. (laughs)
0: So explain to me, I have never been to Nashville. I've heard amazing things about it. Explain Nashville to someone who has never been there before.
1: Nashville is a music, it's called Music City because there's music everywhere. It's the one place that they have stages in some of the banks Um, Not today for President's Day, but in some of the banks like Taco Bells will have live music. You cannot run away from live music if you tried, which is really cool. And everyone here is extremely talented, too. Um, But then also, you know, like we were talking about, we have the Bachelorettes that come in and they wear their pink. Pink furry cowgirl hats and their white boots and their like fringe rhinestones and we call them woo girl <laughs> because you just constantly hear even when you're at home you just hear woo and it's just them on like their little tractors going around town just <laughs> getting lit.
0: Love it. <laughs>
1: do you see? Do you run
2: into country music like big country music artists artists a lot in Nashville, or yeah, is it that, just sort of
1: totally all the time? I mean some of the biggest stars will just be out at some of these dive bars, you know, biggest, biggest country stars, but also biggest country music writers who have insane amount of number one hits and insane amount of cuts. And they'll just be at these little dive bars and sometimes they'll pop in to perform. Like you just never really know what's going to happen here in Nashville, which is one of the reasons why I moved here. I wanted to be in the melting pot of it all. And Austin, I came from Austin and Austin is just not like that.
0: Yeah. So when when there is like a big star hanging out in a dive bar, do, do the, the, the people in there kind of leave them alone because they're used to it? Because I feel like if they were in L.A., they'd be swarmed or mobbed and that it just wouldn't be a comfortable situation. Is it just different there? Like people are a little more chill?
1: People are definitely a little more chill, I would say. Um, and I don't know if that's just because it's, you know, the South and Tennessee and we're just a little bit more, you know, respectful of people's time and space and what they want to do but there's definitely still people who will come up and take pictures and like record you without knowing that they're being recorded and and things like that but from what i've seen a lot of the times people seem to be pretty respectful now if you're morgan wallen going into you know a little dive bar here it's probably going to be chaotic for sure but i do find that some people are a bit nicer
2: so you came from Austin. When you left Austin, you, obviously you, you moved to Nashville for music. But what was the? You know, obviously Austin's become very popular in the past few years with the Joe Rogans of the world moving there. Then you just hear how cool it is and how Austin is just the place to be. Has Austin gotten a little bit corny or is it still cool?
1: You know it's very different. And I hate being this person that's like, Oh, Austin was so much cooler back in the day. You don't even know, but I am that person. And I think it's lost some of its charm, you know, not to mention that most of LA has now moved to Austin. So it's, it's brought in new restaurants and new energy, which I really appreciate. But then also it's just, it's missing that character that I think I fell in love with it so long ago. With And, um, but at the same time, you know, Nashville and Austin are fairly similar. We call them sister cities because they have very similar vibes. But I feel like Nashville is Austin 10 years ago.
2: Yeah. But you're, here's the thing is, I, Dax, her journey to music has been very interesting because you were Miss United States. And then you, were, you know, but then after that, you start to become, I guess you were, you were kickboxing and then you were becoming a, uh, a you know, you were a commentary, you are a commentator on kickboxing. You know, obviously you have your podcasts and stuff, but when, is that, was the start, your first break, I guess, was becoming Miss US, Miss USA?
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Not into music, but it was just something that I wanted to do. I, I competed in Miss Texas prior to that and I was a professional wake surfer at, during that same time. So my life kind of just took a, hard left, like in the best way. Um, And yeah, so I'd say I won Miss Texas and then went to Miss United States and and won that. And from there, you know, I was able to gain a following and, and really find out kind of what I wanted to speak on and how I wanted to present myself and how I wanted to use my platform. And for me, it was really just about, you know, inspiring other people to do whatever the hell they wanted. Because, you know, as Miss United States, going into fighting was like, the craziest yeah. thing that I could possibly do. And no one really understood it, um, which is exactly what I wanted. So I kind of just kept that going and going.
0: And do you look back on your time in pageants as a positive thing? Cause I feel like I hear mixed reviews with people that have gone through it. Like, man, it was really tough or no, this was a great experience. I learned so much of it. What was your experience?
1: I wasn't in it for very long. Right. So, I mean, lucky for me, I went one miss Texas, one miss United States. I'm done right? So I was only in it for two years or a year and a half at that point. So for me, I had a really good experience. Um, There's definitely always bad apples. There's always like weird situations. There's cattiness, there's competitiveness. But at the end of the day, we are competing with each other. And I think me having an athletic background, I took that same mindset into pageants. So I just didn't really let it phase me all that much. I do know I had to deal with some body insecurities because I'm, I'm naturally very, very fit. I've just always been that way. I can't, I'm not going to have the supermodel body. I'm not going to, you know, be yeah. super skin and, uh, or thin and feminine in that way. And that was something that was really pushed on me and I just don't have the ability to do that. So for a while so it a- was challenging for me to like work through those insecurities, but then eventually I was just like, mm, whatever, like clearly it worked. So I'm going to keep it.
0: If if your child came to you and said, hey, I want to get into this, would you be down for that?
1: Yeah. If they if, – I mean, we would have to sit down and, like, really talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. why do you want to do it? But I wouldn't – I don't think I would prevent my kid from doing whatever the hell they wanted, to be honest. Because my parents couldn't prevent me. I mean, I grew up <laughs> – they always said, Whitney's going to do what Whitney's going to do. You know, it's like don't touch the – hot stove with, and I'm going to be like, let me just touch it to see how, it. You know, and that's just my mentality for life.
2: Yeah. So Texas is a uh, difficult, I guess, places for pageants. You know, it's one of the most, you know that cause I just met someone who does pageants and they said how competitive the pageant scene is when you did it. So you just came into your first pageant and won
1: So I did one pageant when I was younger, like 15. That was like this big um, and then just realized it wasn't for me. So when I went into Miss Texas, I just realized, you know, I'm going to go solely as myself, I'm not going to try to be someone I'm not. And it was a little bit shocking for other people there who had been, you know, competing their entire lives. And I decided to do Miss Texas one week before the pageant. and that's wild. yeah, I had a friend call me. and was like, Hey, do you want to compete in Miss Texas? And I immediately said no, because I was competing in wake surfing. I was doing all these other things that was just way more my vibe, but as cliche as it sounds, you know, I just felt like I would regret it if I didn't do it. I don't know if it was that little voice. I was like, give it a try. Or it's just my competitive nature. That's like, Ooh, let me see how I can do this. And um, yeah, that next week I went down and just made a vow to myself that I'm going as Whitney and that's it. I'm not going to try to be pageant Patty. Someone else can have that covered. I'm just going to be myself and worked out. I,
0: I got to think some of the other women were probably just going to be like, are you kidding me? This <laughs> this woman walks in and starts just beating us all on her first pageant. Like that would, yes. after all this work, I bet a lot of them have put in for so many years and you walk in and just dominate. What was, <laughs> what was the... I always think the questions can be really silly for like pageants. Like you know, the, I don't know, how can you have world peace? Like, what was the one of the most interesting questions you were asked during a pageant?
1: I remember being asked um, one. I actually really enjoyed was if you were on a reality TV show today, which one would you be most successful at, and why?
0: That's a good one.
1: I know. I was like, okay, look, we're getting we're getting out of the world peace thing and like really talking about some stuff um and i said the amazing race only because my brother was on the amazing race and like he won it and so i get all the inside scoop on that plus me competing with people around the world and being able to travel and do all these crazy things sounds hella fun to me
0: oh yeah i i was this close to being on it and it looked like so much fun like just an incredible experience like i feel like the amazing race really is one of those shows that you will get a lot out of and like to get to travel around the world nonstop, like that just seems like a really fun show to be on right G- good answer on a quick uh thinking quick
1: thanks i mean luckily you know like i said my brother was on it so it was like the first thing that came to mind and i was like oh well this works out perfectly he can teach me all of his all of his ways. But he said, you know, that they had seriously the best time they did it twice. And from the first point that they did it to the second time was like, I think maybe like 15 years in between, uh, something like that. And, um, the show has changed so drastically the way that they run it and how long it is. And it was just interesting to see the, the compare, compare the two times.
0: Did, did he complain at all about them not giving them a lot of food because some of the people I talked to said that food was like kind of weak and then they wouldn't get a lot of it. And so they were hungry a lot of the times. And that would cause a little more like, you know, ner people getting upset or angry. But it would cause drama on the show and it make it a little more interesting. Did you hear anything like that? So wait, I don't you... remember the food thing.
2: All right. So wait, you win Miss USA. How does your life change? Does every kind of agent or manager reach out to you saying, hey, I want to represent you. Hey, I want to send you out for stuff. Like what happens then?
1: Basically, you're just kind of owned by the organization. You're then employed by the organization. And so you're told where to go and what to do and what events you have coming up and what photo shoots you have coming up. And they basically source, you know, endorsements and commercials and all of that so yeah it was basically just a year of being employed under the organization and um, I had a job at the time and I just didn't have time to do both and so I just was solely focused on Miss United States for that entire year
0: but like what I guess the the question is like did people start just coming out of the woodworks to I guess work with you or work you know try to get you to do jobs with them because i feel like when you get such a big platform like winning a title like that i got to imagine everyone's wanting to do something with you
1: yeah yeah i mean that and that's pretty that's a cool part of it you know you get to work with a lot of different people um but still again i wasn't able to book anything myself you know it had to all Mm -hmm. go through the organization so basically anything that i did had to be approved and so probably you know even more um, companies and people would hit them up and they would say no as opposed to yes. So it really just matters what kind of narrative they want to build around you a bit. You know, it, it's you don't get to write your own story for that year. And me being me, I was a little bit of the, the black sheep. There's a love-hate relationship because I'm definitely a type of person that writes my own story regardless of what people want to say about it. so there is definitely some tug and pull, but overall I look back with like very positive, positive, you know, thoughts about it all.
0: And what's the rule? Like when you leave the house, do you have to have like the sash and the crown on? Cause I feel like I see women walking through the airport in their full, like outfits, you know, making sure everyone knows they won the title.
1: Yeah. I hated that so much. I mean, you don't have to, (laughs) not every single time, but like, yeah, you're walking through an airport and you're wearing a sash. Like, no, I'm sorry. like that is just bizarre to me. Um, hence, one of the reasons why we had, you know, we were bedding heads. I'm like, I'm not wearing that right now. Um, but yeah, a lot of the times you just had to walk around and, and wear it. Like it was a part of your daily, you know, backpack or something.
0: But is that, is that so that they can like, people are going to come up and talk to you and take pictures. It's like a good kind of marketing campaign at the same time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they're like, look, here's Miss United States. This is what she's doing. And she's just living her life. And people will walk by and like, you know, a lot of people don't even watch pageants you know what i mean so they don't really know they don't even know what miss united states is but they have this this title and so if you see somebody walking around with miss united states all of a sudden you're drawn to that because that's like what our society is right
0: what What was the weirdest place you've ever been asked for a photo
1: oh god i have i don't know i don't think Cause
0: i gotta imagine like you're coming out of the stall wearing a crown and Someone's going to be like, hey, can we get a quick photo? And you're like, not right now.
1: <laughs> I wash my hands, please? Thanks. There's definitely been bathroom photos for sure. Um, but I feel like that's not too weird for girls, right? Let's take a bathroom True. selfie. Um,
0: that is, I guess it's different. I've been asked for a photo in the bathroom, and I, I did not enjoy it. Yeah. So, But yeah. I guess it's different for women.
1: Yeah, exactly. We We make all kinds of friends in the bathroom, you know, so <laughs> – it wasn't that weird to me. And now if you open the stall door, I would be like, this is <laughs> trippy. Okay. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, what was the the I guess the one door that opened to to something that you got to do when you had that title? Was there a a cool event that you went to somewhere that you traveled to that you look back and you were like, you know, winning that title allowed me to do this. And I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, I would say, let's see. What was one of the coolest things I got to do? I did get to travel overseas to like visit, uh, where did I go? I think I went to Prague. I went to Prague and hung out with their winner and was just able to see this new place. And and they had this huge gala that was just absolutely beautiful. And I think for me, I'm just, I have such a travel bug that anytime I get to leave and go anywhere, it's just my favorite thing to do. So and and also you get that trip paid for, which is even better. Yeah. It doesn't come out of your own pocket. So Prague is now my absolute favorite place to go, regardless. If no one if you haven't traveled there, I highly recommend it. It's just so it's beautiful, it's vibey, it's like sexy and romantic. Definitely put it on your list.
0: Love it. I I have wanted to go there. I was supposed to go this summer and we ended up doing like Copenhagen and Amsterdam instead, but I do want to make it back there one at one point in my life. You have to. Um, so then, tell me about this like transition. So you know, you've got the title now. You tra- you start to transition. Uh, what was that like for you?
1: The transition at, in Miss United States are out of it.
0: Out of United States and into some of the other stuff that you've done.
1: Yeah. So um, you know, like I said, during Miss United States, I was dating my ex at the time, and we had a company called on it. And we had a bunch of fighters coming in that would, you know, UFC fighters that would come in and train at the facilities. And I realized, oh, this is kind of fun. Maybe I'll do this for fitness purposes only, but then realized, Mm -hmm. oh crap, here comes my competitive itch that I want to see how I'm going to do with this. So I started competing in jujitsu and got a blue belt in jujitsu and, and made the decision that I was going to be the first national beauty pageant winner to take a fight and go to full fight camp. Um, and I really did that because one, that's just how I operate. I love trying to challenge myself in different ways, but I really wanted to challenge other people on what Mm -hmm. they thought, a you know, pageant winner could do or what she should be doing. And, you know, Miss United States to fighting just doesn't compute in a lot of people's minds. And I made the announcement that I was going to go take a fight. And so I went to fight camp in Thailand, which was one of the most intense things I've ever done Um, for a little over a month. I just got my ass kicked every single day. And then um, I did fight camp out in Santa Monica under Olympic boxer, Tony Jeffries. And again, kept getting punched in the face way too much until I learned to move my head and took a fight. And so my, my world was really flipped on its head. But I would say that the the transition into fighting wasn't that hard for me because I'm just so comfortable in athletics. I would say that I'm more comfortable in that than I am in the beauty pageant space. So it was a little bit more seamless other than, you know, almost getting knocked out multiple times. And I now probably have some brain damage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, Now, in all honesty, were you worried about messing up your face at all like you know you see some fighters that they've got like cauliflower ear and stuff like these other things that don't go away were you concerned at all are you like no I, I don't care like it is what it is
1: yeah I was concerned for sure I mean I didn't I tried to protect my face as much as I can you know I did start getting a little bit of cauliflower ear so then I started wearing headgear and I didn't have to worry about that too much but your face heals a lot faster than most people would think. (laughs) True. So it wasn't, and I knew that this wasn't going to be my path. I wasn't going to become a fighter. Right. And I still don't consider myself a fighter. It was just something that I really wanted to try. And I went fully into it for sure. Um, But I knew, you know, I wasn't going to be punched in the face for 10 years to come. I, I, I was able to, you know, mitigate it a little bit here and there and just be a little bit smart about it. Plus, I knew I eventually wanted to do commentating, you know, for Mm -hmm. kickboxing. So I had to know exactly what I was talking about. I wasn't going to be just the cute girl that interviews people without actually knowing exactly what is going on.
0: 100%. Like if you you haven't been a part of it who's going to take you serious, right? right? Like the, Like you have to have some skin in the game for them to even want you as a common, doing commentary on a sport like that. So that was really smart of you to, to do that.
1: Thanks. Yeah, it was, I, that's how I had to come for it. You know, I know a lot of people are out there and they can interview without, you know, playing football or without playing baseball or NASCAR or whatever it is. But I think for fighting specifically, like in order for me to feel like, I was worthy of that job or I would do a good enough job at it. I needed to know what it was like to be in the ring with someone who wanted to take your head off.
2: Whitney, a lot of people who've been following your career over the years have noticed, you know, know you from when you lived in, in Austin and then you were in a relationship with Aubrey Marcus. You guys were engaged for quite a bit. You're no longer engaged. But are you and Aubrey still close or what's the relationship there?
1: We were close for a little bit. We're um, we're We're OK. I would say we're okay. There's no, I don't think there's any bad blood. We just don't really talk anymore. You know, I feel like for me, I, when I went through the breakup of it all, I put on a happy face most of the time and was being a little bit overly positive about things because I'm the type of person that likes to not rock the boat, right? I'm like, cool. Everything's fine. Like, don't rock the boat. And that just wasn't allowing me to really heal because I just wasn't, being genuine on how I felt about things. And so I was just kind of like stuffing it under the rug. And as adults, we know that that's not going to get us anywhere. And so when I actually released this last song, 15 Minutes of Fame, very much so inspired by my time, you know, going through that that breakup, it allowed me to kind of alchemize some of the feelings and emotions that I wasn't saying out loud, that I was too afraid to say out loud. And so it brought it up to the surface for me. And I let him know, I was like, you know, right now I'm just in a place where I can't talk to you. You know, I just want to go through my, my own process and deal with my own emotions. And I feel like if I'm being overly nice, it just didn't feel genuine or authentic. And that's not fair to him. And it's not fair to me. And it just felt weird. So right now I'm in a place of, not speaking to him really not if he reaches out it's not that like I won't respond but it's just we're not homies I guess you could say
2: no it's I mean that's it's just life again the other day you know you're just in two different places and it's life during that time you guys were also and again correct me if I'm wrong like in an open relationship Mm -hmm. in uh, is that something that you are you are you still in a relationship and is that what you still kind of do today or what's your vibe like?
1: no, no 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 I am in a relationship um with (laughs) He could not be more opposite than Aubrey, like to the extreme, which is hilarious. And to me, that feels really good right now. Like I do see, you know, I've worked with a lot of couples. I know people who are in open relationships that it really works for them. For me and Aubrey, it worked for a while, but it's just so much work, you know, and like that's just not where I feel that safe. Uh, And for me, like comfort and stability in a relationship is the utmost of importance and being in an open relationship it at least ours did not have that you know very stable stableness to it
2: so what's the difficult what's the work of it like you're saying it takes a lot of work now I can I've never how does that where's the work involved is it just like hey you go do your thing I'm going to do mine I'm going to see other people you're going to see your. like tell me about the work actually
1: yeah if it was that easy I would there wouldn't be that much you're like go on (laughs) We'll hang out. I don't care. No, but it's it's a type of relationship that heightens every insecurity that you've ever had, right? And so it just puts a magnifying glass on that. And if you don't do the work, which is either you know go to therapy or um, you know be able to communicate with your partner or have a coach or do whatever whatever healing modality that you need to call on to work through your own shit. it's going to be even harder. And so for us, it was constantly like we were waking up almost in a ceremony and it was just like, okay, what's going to come up today and how am I going to work through it today? Like you just never had a a moment to take a breath, which is good in a lot of ways, because it really forces you to get deep with your partner constantly. Like you cannot sweep things under the rug, which is a little bit easier in a monogamous relationship. We can just sweep it and we'll just deal with that some other time. This you don't get to. It's like in the moment, right now. We have to talk about it. We have to analyze it, and we have to work through it every single day.
2: <laughs> so you had when you were with him, you had other boyfriends, or just other guys you're hooking up with, or what? What, what did you have? Like I, I've seen him around, but what did you have exactly?
1: I, I he was definitely more active with the open relationship. For me, I had a boyfriend at one point throughout the time. I mean, we were in this for like eight years. You know what I mean? So it was like uh, you could have a boyfriend or you could have someone that you would just see every once in a while. It really like you could just decide whatever works for the relationship at that point.
0: Yeah.
2: No, I Mm. mean, listen, it's pretty wild.
0: It's fascinating. Yeah, no, it's fascinating just hearing a different perspective on relationships.
2: You did. no, it no no go. It's just you had so you had one kind of ready-stay boyfriend, but then you'd you'd go out your friends, and it was cool for you to just go out, meet a guy and have fun for a night.
1: Mm, well, no. I, I I've never like personally I've never had a one-night stand. So yeah. I just couldn't do that in general. But um no, most of the time it's talked about. And so it would be like example, if I were to meet somebody out, I would meet somebody out. There was nothing that could happen. We could exchange numbers. Then we would have. Then Aubrey and I would have to talk about who this person is and and what do we think about it and how would that benefit the relationship and yada yada yada. And then so a lot of the times you're just talking about what's going on and how it could work and how it could not work and everything that comes up along with that as opposed to actually acting out on it. And I think that's like a big misconception um about open relationships is that it's kind of like a free-for-all and it's like yeah, you can go do whatever you want some people can structure their relationship in that way if it works for them some people don't and we just weren't we didn't do that uh, it had to be very explicitly talked about in our relationship to see if it was something that was beneficial to either one of us or not
2: So would you come home and he'd have a girl there and what would you do if like he had a girl and you, where would you go in the other room? Like what, it's kind of your home too. So how does that work?
1: Yeah, no, that would never happen. (laughs) Yeah. Always
2: at their, always goes to their place then.
1: It's yeah, it's separate, you know, because we lived together and we were, that was our home base. And so, yeah, usually it was just talked about planned like hey Wednesday I'm interested in going to see so-and-so at this time I'll either be back at this time or I'm going to stay the night and be back at this time like it was very structured and that's just how How you had to do it
0: how do you separate like the feelings of jealousy in in this situation because I feel like that would be the number one thing most people would struggle with is just jealousy
1: yeah For sure. And I think people get scared of the word jealous. Like it's like the big J word. You can't be jealous. It's like everyone gets jealous. Like let's get one, let's get one thing straight here. And I for sure got jealous and Aubrey for sure got jealous. Um, But it's really about how you work through that jealousy because it can rear its head and you can lose your mind. But at the end of the day, regardless of what relationship structure you're in, is that, Beneficial for the relationship? No. So for me, it was really understanding my why. Like, why am I getting jealous? Where is this coming from for me? And is that true? Like, are the thoughts that I'm having that are creating this jealousy actually true for me? And I used to be extremely jealous before this relationship. Like, you better not be looking at another girl. Okay. And going through phones and doing like the whole thing, but then going through the open relationship actually allowed me to understand a lot of my insecurities and where my jealousy was coming from that now being in a monogamous relationship, I'm way more understanding and can have a healthier relationship because of the lessons I learned through being in an open relationship.
0: So now that you've been in both types of relationships, does an open relationship have more pros or more cons at the end of the day?
1: For me it has more cons, but that's for me specifically. I can only speak from myself. You know, I Aubrey may have a different answer. I don't know. And someone else who's in an open relationship may have a different answer. That's what's so that's what I find so fascinating about relationships in general is that they're so specific that to the two people or the multiple people that are in that relationship that us trying to give a blanket you know, statement or a blanket roadmap of how relationships have to be just kind of seems a little like naive.
2: Yeah. So you, yeah, you've done ayahuasca a bunch of times. How many times have you done ayahuasca?
1: <laughs> 17, 17 <Whoa>. <laughs> times. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, I you.
0: <laughs> Damn. That's wild, wild. dude. That's, That's why. That's a like I hear people and it just sounds so rough on your body and brutal. I mean, I, I guess the outcome people really enjoy, but like it's pretty brutal going through it in the moment, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Some, you know, some ceremonies, I mean, I've only probably have had Two or three ceremonies And I'm like Woo that was nice (laughs) Like I can do that No worries Most of them are just like God When is this gonna end I'm so sick Why am I seeing demons Everywhere Like It's just It's a lot
2: So when Have you Every time you've done it Have you gone to like South America to do it Where You know Where where is the Do you go to the same place And do it
1: I've done it at a few different um, Facilities And I'm just A big proponent of going to the jungle and sitting with the shamans in you know the homeland of it or as i know people are doing it you know all over the states and, and trying to legalize it through religious exemptions and whatnot but that is not my that's not my route i'm always like i'm going straight straight to the the homeland of it because i don't know what kind of weird juju is going on here but i don't want it <laughs>
0: <laughs> Have you ever sat out a session but watched other people go through it to see what maybe you look like in the middle of it?
1: No. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Would that
0: scare you away from doing it again?
1: You know what? No, because, well, so there's been a couple of ceremonies. Like sometimes you'll drink a cup of ayahuasca and really not feel much. The next night you can drink the same am- amount and be just blasted off to the cosmos so there's definitely been ceremonies where i've sat there fairly sober you know because you can he- you're aware of what's going on around you you know you can hear um people throwing up you can hear people crying you can hear people screaming and things like that so there's definitely like you can definitely understand what's going on around you and sometimes it gets chaotic
0: <laughs> what what does ayahuasca taste like yeah
1: I, it makes me nauseous just thinking about it. Like I absolutely (laughs) hate the way, I can't, it's like gross and it's usually thick and it's really bitter and it's like dirty and it makes like earthy, (laughs) like earthy, but like bitterly earthy, like something that you've never tasted before. Sometimes I'll have like a really nasty, strong coffee. Yeah. And it reminds me of ayahuasca. But, like, imagine the most disgusting, thick coffee that's been, like, sitting out for a long time, and you just chug it.
0: Like, nothing sounds appealing about doing ayahuasca. Like, the taste of it, me just throwing up in front of random strangers like nothing sounds fun
1: yeah i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't say like, woo let's go do it <laughs> together it's gonna be a great sunday fun day <laughs> you know no
0: <laughs> so what what is the benefit at the end of the day after you i mean you've done it 18 times so clearly there is a benefit what is that benefit
1: yeah i mean i think you really just get to know yourself like there's a lot of things that we maybe it's like a shortcut to a lot of this stuff that you're unable to look at In everyday life, you know what I mean. Some people can say they have an out-of-body experience. Some people heal a lot of their childhood trauma and have a different perspective on looking at that. So basically, it can just be extremely healing. I mean, they say it's like twenty years of therapy in a few hours. Oh
2: god, jeez! So when, but when you do it in wherever you go, South America, do you do you feel safe? like if something were to go wrong do you feel like the shaman knows what they're they, like they'd be able to help you
1: well that's the i mean that's the real main thing about it is that you got to find a reputable spot with people who really know what they're doing and i think that's one of the the scary things about ayahuasca gaining popularity is there's just yahoos serving ayahuasca out of their backyard and they're not fully trained to know how to handle situations if someone has a mental breakdown or if something happens in the room or it can, you know, and so I think making sure you find someone who knows how to handle that is the utmost importance, which is one of the reasons why I go, I basically, if I find a place that I like and I trust, I don't go anywhere else and I won't even entertain it. People are like, come with me to this place. Come, I'm like, hell no, you have fun. That rodeo is not for me.
0: (laughs) <laughs> if if you could equate being on ayahuasca to something else like it's being super drunk or being on shrooms or what what could you equate it to for someone that has never obviously done it but is curious about the feeling?
1: Take every drug that you've done at the very same time including booze and times it by 50 and sit there in it for at least 8 hours. <laughs>
0: Are you are you in the middle of it? Are you like, I can't wait for this to go away? Because I I feel like that's sometimes like when you're super drunk and you're just like, I can't wait for this to not be the feeling anymore. Is it like that or you're just going with the flow?
1: Well, it depends if you're having like, you know, for me, a lot of the times I'll drink it and it'll start to come on. And it comes on, kind of, at least for me and a little bit of waves like kind of slow and immediately I'm regretting it immediately I'm like what why (laughs) am I doing this again here you are sitting in the jungle drinking this weird brew but then you know throughout it there are points where you just hope to god it ends at any moment and other times it can be a really positive experience that feels really nice so you're just kind of floating and you don't really it doesn't matter so it, it just depends on what comes up for you in that specific ceremony?
0: That's so fascinating.
2: So when you do when you do ayahuasca, well, actually, when you did ayahuasca, is that when you had the breakthrough, saying I'm going to get into country music? Was it from one of those journeys?
1: A little bit, yeah. I uh, I mean, I've always wanted to sing my entire life, and um, but when I was younger, I had someone really close to me when I was ten tell me that I couldn't sing, and you know, me being a ten year old and someone you really care about telling you that I just completely shut down. So it was something that honestly became like a phobia for me. The thought of singing, I wouldn't even speak out loud. I wouldn't write it in my journal because it became too real. So I was just trying to hide from it so much that eventually it was going to come up. And it was that one thing I always wanted to do. And I think, you know, in doing multiple ceremonies with ayahuasca, it kept coming up, but this, there was one ceremony it was... Whether this is real or not, it showed me that I would manifest this fear into a disease of some kind, and it would be in my gut, and I was going to die from just holding this so tightly within myself. Um, and I kept trying to throw it up. I'm like, no, 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 get it out! Like, let's pretend like that's not really the case. And I finally realized, like, no, the only way I'm able able to move through this is by allowing myself to sing and just doing it and stop being so afraid of it. So that next day, I walked into our sharing circle of 25 people and sang for the first time in front of everybody and everyone's just, you know, in tears and it became this whole thing. But even after that, I was still so terrified to do it and to sing in front of people because I felt like I was just gonna be judged and people wouldn't love me and became this whole thing. It was so dramatic and (laughs) Um, finally hired a vocal coach just to help me flex that muscle of singing in front of somebody. And I would have to take like a beta blocker, you know, that blocks adrenaline just to go into my vocal lessons with my coach um, just to get through it. Cause so I was that terrified. And finally it's just kind of helped open myself up and, and use it. And he asked me to come sing in the studio for him. And the owner of the studio was there, Matt Navesky, uh, from Blue October. And he was like, look, I don't, I'm not looking at taking on any artists, but there's something here. If you want to, if you want to do this, you just have to say yes. And that's been my, my motto through this entire thing at this point is just, just say yes and then figure out how you're going to deal with the consequences after and how you're going to work through the fear afterwards. And, ever since that moment, that's what I've been doing. And that was, um, 2020. And that was during, you know, high to COVID and started working on it, started writing, recording. And now I moved to Nashville, you know, cmt.com premiered my first music video. People just premiered my second single and like, we're going for it. Or are no breaks. So
0: that, that person that said you couldn't sing, is that person still in your life all these years later?
1: Mm-hmm. They and- they have no idea, and for me, I've thought about this. I don't think it's necessary for me to tell them because I think it would cause them more pain than anything, and I'm in such a place now that I'm doing the one thing I've always wanted to be doing, and I think I had to go through that process and and hold myself back all of those years to have the tenacity and the resilience and the strength to just Go balls to the
2: wall. So yeah. we wanted to surprise you, though. That person is yeah, here. A... Please welcome. Oh no, I'm just kidding. Ah, uh, that'd be really. <laughs> <laughs> they just came out like, oh my god, this is why you brought me on the show. Like, what are you doing? <laughs>
1: Doctor like... Phil. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so let me ask you this: You're like you're still very so young in your career, your music career, but you're actually doing really, really well, which is amazing. It's really cool, and exciting to see how. You know, quicker careers blowing up at so, you know, as you're still like learning stuff, you're still trying to get better at the guitar, you're still trying to learn more about your own, you know, personal songwriting and ability and voice. Why do some people, in your opinion, why do some people make it and some people don't? Like we see, you know, some maybe, especially in Nashville, you see some of the most talented music artists and No one ever heard of them. But then there's some other person that's really kind of blown up. What's the difference between those people and the other ones? Like, what have you noticed about the business or the people?
1: You know, the music business, I always say, is like gambling. Like, you're gambling. You don't know what's going to work and what's not going to work. And um, I think, one – you have to be in it for yourself because you're going to hear a lot of yeses from people like, oh, you're a star and you just have to take it with a grain of salt. But you're also going to hear a lot of no's and you have to take that with a grain of salt. And so I think if, as long as you're in it for yourself and like I really enjoy doing this and I'm happy doing this, it does not it kind of lessens the, the external validation or, you know, external hate that you can get from a lot of people. So, you know, at the end of the day, I really think you just have to understand that a lot of luck goes into into music and you just don't know what's going to hit and what's not going to hit. So you just got to do it for yourself.
0: I was uh, I was thinking about that moment that I saw you had a big old billboard and you're posing out next. Was that your first billboard?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was my first billboard. I couldn't believe that it.
0: that is <laughs> really cool. That has got to be a very cool moment. Walk me through when you pulled up to see the billboard. What is that like?
1: Well, so when I moved here a year ago, I had – my best friend actually moved here with me, which has been great having like a piece of home here with me. And I had – and she's a graphic designer, an amazing graphic designer. But I had her Photoshop me on that sign. And I was like, I am manifesting this. I am going to be on that damn sign. And it's called the Nashville sign. It's like one of the most – the biggest signs in Nashville that everybody knows about. And so when I heard we were going to be on the Nashville sign, I just felt passed out and peed my pants all at the same time and but so you know that it's going to happen they let you know and so you get to go out there and it's just it's like you don't know when it's going to pop up so you're waiting and you're waiting i kept saying it was like roulette and i was like oh i just hit black 15 you know because we every time it would come up people we would just lose our minds like "Ah!" it was just so cool and i was even you know i go through this experience i feel like i'm the like star eyes emoji, like every day. There's some days that just totally suck and I feel like I'm terrible and I'm, I shouldn't be doing this and all of those, you know, doubt spirals of death that I tend to put myself in every once in a while. But this morning I was walking um, to go get my coffee and I was just walking back and I was just looking around thinking, holy hell, like I live in Nashville. I was just on a billboard last week. Like I'm making music. If I could tell myself my younger self, like even two and a half years ago, like this is what your life is going to look like. I don't think she would believe it. And I think like, you just have to have so much awe and gratitude for what's happening around you. Like even the smallest thing, it sounds so cliche, but it it changes the game. Like it really just changes the game. And that's what keeps me, keeps me going and keeps me encouraged, particularly on the days that I feel like I suck and I don't deserve any of this.
2: With all that uh, positive energy, you know, I got to think uh, about another country artist. Has Chase Rice – I know you just did a show with him. You just did some gig together at Super Bowl. Has he hit on you yet?
1: <laughs> no. Well, we had um, a friend of ours try to hook us up like way back in the day. But no, me and Chase are homies. That's it. Was your
2: was your friend a very big person, very successful business person? No. Okay cuz i had someone else who uh tried to so someone else who i know who's a successful business person tried to hook someone else up with Chase Rice but i've been heard i've been told that this guy Chase Rice is like the coxman of Nashville like this guy gets around uh yeah. like that's a, i was like man they're like yeah this guy like he's good he's like he's just he's not like the he's a very successful music artist but he's not yeah. like the the Blake Shelton vibe yet but he, i mean people know who he is he's very talented but like People come to Nashville and they see him and then he's just like he's their he's their star for the night
1: Yeah I mean he le- he loves to venture out loves to have a good time He's always I mean chase is just like a fun dude you know what I mean like for me I would prefer to just be his friend <laughs> <laughs> Such a fun like fun human being to be around happy-go-lucky like country I don't know. He's 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 a fun guy.
2: How political is the music industry? When I mean political, I mean not like you know red or blue, whatever. I'm saying like, just like the politics in the business make a difference. Like for you, are they saying okay, we need to say we need your vibe? Like we don't want you to grow your hair long. We want you to be short hair. You know, obviously I've known you since you have a short hair, but we want you to keep that short hair vibe because it's much different. Like the politics in the business. Do, you, do you, Are you seeing a lot of that now in the industry or at least in your career? Have people approached you and said, do this, do that because you're trying to fit some sort of uh, niche?
1: I feel pretty lucky that because I know that's very real in this business um, of people just trying to mold you into what they think is going to work. I feel pretty lucky that I'm different enough um, from the blonde hair, blue eye, long Carrie Underwood type, that they're not trying to put me in that box. As a matter of fact, they're like, we want you to be like the badass girl of country, which is what I what I feel naturally for me. If they wanted me to try to be a Kelsey Ballerini, that's not gonna work. That's not gonna work for me. And you know, at this point, I've waited so long to do this one thing that I am certainly not going to try to do it their way. So We'll see how it goes. You know, I'm still very green to it, but so far, I've been I've been lucky that they want me to be who I am, um, and I like that. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. How, by the way, how was how was the Super Bowl? How was going to Arizona? The parties? I saw you holding the Lombardi Trophy. Like, how did that all go, Come down.
1: Yeah, the Super Bowl was so much fun, and that was one of my you know bigger gigs that I had just gotten. I got to open for chase rice and and brian kelly and and that was just shocking to me i thought I, I was so nervous i thought about like maybe i should just wreck my car on the way there so then i don't have to do it. <laughs> you know? but overall we had so much fun it was for chill cowboy country club which is a organization here and um they threw a huge party they had like money bag yo perform that night and after i performed we went where Adam was at at the uh, SI Sports Illustrated park party, which was bonkers. That was insane. And was Wait, did you guys
0: run into each other out there?
2: No, I, I I'm so mad I didn't get to see her. I was, I mean, it's there's it, it's the last party before the Super Bowl, so by that time I'm already so exhausted and I'm so in a, like I'm in a different mindset because I'm just so drained. And I was flying out literally the next morning at seven thirty, so I was on some Adderall just trying to keep going. But I uh, – and also where, where we were, it was also so dark. Like I remember like – I don't know if it's just me getting older, but like I need a lantern to walk around a party. Just like hold a lantern and just get around because I couldn't – I was like bumping into people. Dude, it's so bad. Like I'm like literally walking around with a lighter just trying to see if I could find people.
1: Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah. I can't see. But there was,
2: a, there was a lot of people. Actually, I like I said last week at my table, there was a guy Fieri and a Dave Portnoy was at my table, and I I didn't see. I saw her at another party the night before. But there's one person who it was the star of Super Bowl weekend, the one where everyone just wanted to see her, get a photo with her, just get a glimpse of her. Was this girl social media star Alex Earle, which again, she's very pretty, but I she. There's a lot of people there. Like, everyone looked like Alex Earl in some way there. Who did you see at the party? Anyone cool? Like, just hanging out besides the performers?
1: um, yeah, we were, I was trying to, Alex Rodriguez was there. Yeah, yeah. So,
2: yes, I was, I was, wait, were you on the floor? Yeah. I was too. I was right next to A Rod, so he was like okay. right next. The so chain smokers are right on, now. and I, I didn't even notice him. The funniest part is, that, sorry, I'm just taking over, Dex. When A Rod's there, he's watching with his girlfriend and her friend. They're watching the chain smokers, and the chain smokers are performing like 15 feet in front of him, right next yeah. to A Rod, facing A Rod, just like this, just looking at him is his bodyguard, and it's like the oddest thing for A Rod just sit there and try to dance with <laughs> this like huge black guys just facing him next to him, just standing next to him, just. It's it's just an odd and it stands out because every person brings a bodyguard. It's like the ultimate flex. But uh so you saw Arod, yeah. who else do you see with?
1: Yeah. I mean I'm friends with like my friend Danny Amendola was there with his girlfriend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Julian Edelman, like and I know all of them, you know, uh who else? Baker Mayfield, and so we're all friends, so like seeing them wasn't super crazy to me, <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, I was right next to them on the floor. Um, and then we had another table up and about. But being on the floor during the chain smokers, I thought my eyeballs were going to vibrate out of my head. It was so <laughs> loud. Did you yeah. feel that? Like it was just like <laughs> it was crazy.
2: You know what? My voice goes. I lose my voice every Super Bowl weekend because it's just trying to talk over all that noise. Where by the end of the week, I'm just I can't even talk. I'm whispering wherever I go because yeah hearing the chain smokers perform and the the chain smokers they were fun they milked it machine gun kelly was great i gotta tell you machine gun kelly like he like the crowd really wasn't getting into it but like he he moves around like he's fun like he's he's it's a fun show you weren't into it
1: no i love when people move around like i want you to be animated as hell on stage but for some reason i just couldn't I don't know what it
2: was The crowd wasn't into it And I felt like he knew it Like the crowd's like Sitting there talking As he's performing And then he started To climb like a ladder And stuff That climb like the set and, and try to get people Into it I guess But that was the night Where it was the last time We saw him When I guess he was Going through, th- through some stuff With uh, Megan Fox um, Yeah now, what's next for you, obviously, in your career is starting to blow up now that people see that, hey, you're on a billboard. Hey, you just performed at the Super Bowl. Hey, I'm smart, starting to make my I'm starting to become a name in the Nashville scene. What is your emails? What is your DMs? What is, are, are people starting to reach out to you? And how do you kind of manage all that and say, OK, this is the right direction or this person is not a person I should deal with?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely gaining steam, which is super exciting for me and um, I have a team that helps me kind of decipher who we like and who fits, you know, with me and who doesn't. And really, for me, it's I'm a vibes person. If I like you, I will sit down and, and you know, entertain a conversation and kind of like see what that makes sense. But if I have like a weird vibe on someone, I just don't. I just don't deal with nope. it. It's just Let not
2: me ask I want to ask this question, and I and, know and it sounds really weird, but like I, I think people are just very curious and just the general public are curious. Like Here you are, attractive female in the music scene, still doing well, but still in the song. any like those creepy guys where you feel like, they, hey, I could help you, but their motives are a little bit uh, skewered. They're just, yeah.
1: Yeah. But I think you get that, and at least I have. I've gotten that in every career that I've been in, you know what I mean? So then that's what I mean by if I'm around particularly a male or a female within the industry that says I can do all of these things, if I get a a weird vibe from you, I will not work with you. It's just it's not something that I'm going to do. I'm not going to put myself in that situation. And I do feel like, you know, coming into this a little bit later in life, I know my my pickers a little bit better these days, you know, and I'm not just showing up and putting myself in awkward situations or uncomfortable situations that I shouldn't be in. And so I think as long as I keep that, I can I can stay safe. And I think that's what's absolutely ridiculous that we even have to have that conversation. Um, but it's it's real. And it's very real for particularly women within within any sort of entertainment industry, unfortunately.
0: On a scale of 1 to 10, how creepy is Adam's vibe right now?
1: I'm pretty creepy. I'm pretty creepy. always so creepy. <laughs> like... I get it. Trust me. I get it.
2: I, it's the voice. It's my hat. I know, dude. I get it. I get I it. I've always but,
1: loved Adam. You always Whitney's did. fun. Yeah.
2: She, she, she's fun. She's good. She's a good time. She's good energy. Um, So who's like, you know – Like in your DMs, like now that you're doing music, who's like the one person that reached out? Have you had someone in your DMs kind of show up, like, dude, you're, this is cool stuff. This was just like an awesome compliment, or just who was that person that reached out to you? Like, I'm just liking what you're doing. That was just, it was one of those things that just made you feel like, holy shit, I'm doing this.
1: Dude, I don't know. I'm not sure my my dms aren't as popped popping off as most people think like people think i get hit on all the time in my dms and like i don't really get a lot of creeps in my dms i get a lot of really nice messages which i love so thank you fans for being nice <laughs> but i can't i don't I don't know if there's like one person that i was blown away by yet
0: well how yet. much does anyone late- come up to you in person uh, after a show or after a performance whatever they come up to you and there's like oh this is i really am enjoying your stuff and It's that kind of like fangirl out moment.
1: I have, I'm trying to think. I mean, I've been at parties where like, I mean, I'm, I'm big into like Miranda Lambert. She was like my homie. And I had a friend of mine and Gretchen Wilson. And I had a friend of mine reach out to Gretchen and was like, Hey, we need to sit down and write with this girl. And he sent her my stuff. And she, and she responded like, hell yeah, let's do that. I love it. And so for me, it wasn't direct directly towards me, but I'm, like, this close to writing with my idol, which is going to be huge.
0: That's cool. <laughs> That's I do really cool. die,
1: but you always hear don't meet your, your heroes, but I feel like she's going to be dope. We're going to be- get along.
2: <laughs> but I also yeah. think you're dope. I think people just like hanging out with you. Like, they're not your average – country person. And I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just think vibe wise, you're just, you're you, you're Whitney. You're just cool. And I think people just, they'll, they'll as soon as they get to hang out with you, they'll just like vibe with you and just kind of like to hang out with you, just become friends, not even colleagues per se. It's like, we don't need to which just you're, you're a good time. You're a good Thanks. time. You're cool. She gets it. whitney has been amazing. around, she gets I
1: appreciate it. That. I appreciate that. And that's the thing when it comes to songwriting really is you really have to like the person that you write with and Nashville's very big on relationships. If they don't like you, like you'll get kicked out of this real quick. Um, But when it comes to songwriting, you're in a room with someone for like three or four hours. So you better like who you're with. And so one of the things that I always say, you know, to people who are wanting to figure out how to write with people is like, be someone that people want to hang out with, like be nice, be cool, be genuine, because if they don't want to spend four hours with you, they're not going to end up, Sitting down and writing with you.
0: Yeah. Totally agree. Whitney, you've been awesome. This has been really fun. Thank you for stopping by, hanging out with us. If you guys want to hear her her new single, 15 minutes of fame, uh you can Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Music, anywhere else that I'm forgetting that it is streaming.
1: All the places, wherever all the
0: streams.
1: Get, all the streams, wherever you're <laughs> here to like to get your music. I'm on there.
0: <laughs> I love it. And you can follow her on social media, Witten Love. You are a good follow on social media, I must say. You're you're fun, you're entertaining, and you, you take really good photos.
1: Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, no, this has been fun. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for... Uh, Uh, Just chatting for it with us for an hour and uh, hearing all your adventures of coming up in this world, I love it.
1: Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. We talked about everything.
2: Whitney's awesome. We Whitney's great. Yo, me and Whitney, we um we went to a conference and we met, and she was just we just had vibed really well. She was just a lot of fun, good energy. Like we're just like one of those people, just like I don't know, it's like good mood, good energy, and we have
0: fun. You know what I like about having her on is that I feel like she's one of those people that are going to keep blowing up, and then we're going to have like one of those like big stars on our podcast from years ago be like, hey, we had Whitney Miller on. You know what I'm saying? Like, Get them get as they're going up in their trajectory.
2: Yeah, she's really been blowing up lately, so it's cool to have her, and it's also kind of cool to hear like their life now from... Like the creepy guys you deal with in the music industry, which she was very open on to, you know, I respect her talking about how she used to be in an open relationship. You know, like it's one of those things where, you know, eventually one day she's gonna have some huge publicist saying, don't talk about this stuff. But it was a phase in her life when she was in an open relationship. And the guy she was with is a guy named Aubrey Marcus, who's like the mayor of Austin. He was the creator and owner of Onnit, which is a big fitness brand and created this huge community, fitness community down in, in Austin, Texas. And she was engaged to him for quite some bit, and she was like the the princess, the queen of Austin. And then she they broke up, and she said, "I'm gonna get out of town." And now she started her music career, and it's like now she, here she is, like about to go on tour, coming up with big music, and like she's on the peak of like, it, it, like it's starting to happen, which is kind of fun. But she's very cool and open, so thank you. Uh, for Whitney for coming on the podcast make sure you guys check out her music Uh, follow us on TikTok Instagram Facebook we're on it all we have this private Facebook group called Off The Record which I highly suggest you guys should join it Um, it's been so much fun just kind of keep up with you guys and everyone's like it's just just like a really cool group right Dax
0: it's awesome I I, the amount of things that I even learn from our listeners in the podcast group I, I love it it's like I'll get in the morning and they're dropping links to stories that are breaking before I've even seen it or uh, they also just call us out on our shit which I kind of appreciate you know yeah. what I'm saying like you say something and you go in there and they're like I didn't like that you said this but I appreciate you know and I, I feel that it keeps me honest or like makes me rethink about something that I've said or maybe I'll say it different next time so I don't know I love our podcast group I like that I feel like they're our friends.
2: Yes, uh follow me at, at Adam Glenn, G-O-Y-N, follow Dax Holt at Dax Holt. We'll see you guys next time. See ya. Bye.
0: A hood media production.